0: Amen. Welcome to Foundation Community Church. Uh, So glad you're here today. Glad that you found time in your Sunday. I know it's been hot this week, but uh, this weekend has been a whole lot better. And I know sometimes when the weather gets better, people find things to do. You chose to come to the house of God today, and uh, as you sometimes get via our texting service, there's no better way than to start your day in the house of God. And today, you've chosen to do that. It's my prayer. That you're blessed from it, that you get something from it, that you can take something you get and bring it back into uh, the workplace, back into your home, back into your prayer life, back into your meditation with God throughout the week, that you would grow from it, that you would become uh, a better Christ follower because of it, that you would represent the name of Jesus uh, the way that it should be. I don't know if I'm coming out of the monitors, Greg, but if I am, you can pop that down just a notch. Um, appreciate our media team uh, that's expanded here recently. If you're interested in uh, serving on our media team, you would see our pastor uh, Brian Suman back there in the back, uh, and he can find a way to plug you into the creative team. Uh, so I want to get into week two of this SCARS sermon series. I called it a mini-series, and I'm, I'm gonna I'm going to... I know you shouldn't assume things with God because he's big, but I'm going to assume that we'll kind of wrap this up today. But when God gets into the midst of, of a sermon, sometimes he extends it beyond uh, what we think. So my intentions are to uh, kind of move through this today. But I want to give God uh, his due time because after all... His promise has been great to us. That's one of the most favorite parts of any song that we do is when we sing the song, Do It Again. And it talks about the promise of God. And I, every time I hear that, I just think of how many times I've failed. How many times I've let Him down. How many times I've not lived up to the bill of whatever that's supposed to be. Probably some man-made definition But every time I come running back, He's right there waiting and He's saying, yeah, it's still good. I'm still the same yesterday, today, and forever. The promise that I made is still... I'm good on my end. I won't let you down. I know you tripped and I know you, you fell, but get back up again because my promise still stands. To love to rescue, to give hope, to forgive, and to be one that goes before us to light the path. And I'm so thankful for that promise today. I know there's been times in my life where I've developed some scars. Um, These scars that we're talking about in this series aren't scars that you can see. Now, they might manifest themselves sometimes in our walk with God, And people can see us not living out the principles of God in our life or maybe the fruit of the Spirit in our life, which if you follow our Facebook post, we put you through a little test and tried to get you to figure out the one that was missing. I'm not sure what it was now. I think it was love, Brian. Self-control, things like that. You see, when these scars that people can't see that are in the Spirit, that they've damaged our spirit being, they manifest themselves in spiritual ways so that we don't manifest those fruit in the way that we're, in, we're supposed to be when we're obedient to God. So we have to find a way to, to cope with these scars that happen to us that are inflicted sometimes by ourselves in this warfare in the heavenly realms that Paul talks about in the Bible, in the book of Ephesians. This warfare we fight is not with our hands. It's not in the flesh, but it is in the spirit. And sometimes the enemy inflicts spiritual wounds that develop scars that we now have to cope with in our spiritual walk. I heard a preacher say, I don't know, it's been 25 years ago or so. I listen to a lot of preachers, by the way. (laughs) I don't know if that's supposed to go with the pastoral position or not, but I do. And I heard a preacher say years ago that God can turn your scars into stars. He can give you beauty for ashes. He can take what is undone and make it new again. I've had a lot of life in the last 25 years to get me to where I am today. And I've stood on things like that as I've been beat up on here and there in this spiritual warfare. God doesn't say that you won't uh, be scarred, but He says that you'll make it. Soon after, Paul tells us that we're in spiritual warfare. He says, do all that you can do so that in the end you can stand. You can stand on this great Word of God. And I said last week, and I want to touch on it again, that it's okay to have scars. A lot of times people will portray that once you give your heart to God, that everything is gonna go just really, really good and you won't be hurt anymore. We still have to live in this world and try not to be of the world, but be of the kingdom of God and remain kingdom-minded. Who is the kingdom? How do we get there? Can you plug that in your GPS? You can't plug that into your GPS. You can't navigate that on Waze or whatever app you might use on your phone because the kingdom, you're looking at them. Say, I am. I'm the kingdom. I am the kingdom of God. And we are supposed to live in this world while living out attributes that we represent the kingdom of God in the way that Jesus gave us the example of when He lived the sinless life on this earth. But there's times that in this world people don't know like we know or maybe people don't do like we do or whatever it might be whatever the circumstances are and we get hurt we have a wound that is inflicted upon us in the flesh we want to lash out we don't like it we don't like anything about it and we want to act back out in the flesh and the bible calls us to respond in a spiritual way that's the difficulty in the matter I am hoping that today we give you some tools to understand how to cope with wounds. The number one thing that I believe that we have to do is first of all, understand the healing process. Sometimes God can instantaneously put a healing or provide healing in your life. It could be physical. It could be emotional. But sometimes it doesn't always happen that way. Sometimes... We participate in the healing of our scars and our wounds. We walk hand in hand with God as He illuminates the greatness of who He is, as we learn how to walk hand in hand as He heals us from the wounds that have been inflicted. It isn't always instantaneous. There, are, there is sometimes a process. I'm not sure how well the church at large has done at explaining that particular part of the healing process to scars in the church. But I'd like to take the opportunity to set the record straight today that sometimes it takes time. I preached a sermon series years ago called Sometimes God. Sometimes God doesn't provide it right away all at once. I didn't preach that sermon, but I could bring it back and add that one to it. Sometimes God wants you to see some things through the process because through the process is where you experience His power and His greatness, not just in something instantaneous. And that is great and that is well, and God still does miracles instantaneously. Go read in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, particularly in in, uh, uh, the book of Mark, you'll see several miracles take place. People with open wounds, they need care before they get advice. You know, we as Christians want to give advice right away. Well, sometimes they've been hurt so bad, they need what I want to call spiritual triage. They're still bleeding, folks. They don't need Bible thumped on the head. They're still bleeding. We need a triage set up so they can survive. they got some problems in their life. They don't need your religion. They don't need your rules. They just need triage so they can survive what's going on in their life. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. In ministry, sometimes I see triage way often, more often than I would like to. Sadly, sometimes these wounds are self-inflicted. brought on by the enemy, if that can make any spiritual sense to you. God doesn't bring harm on anyone. He's all good. He's everlasting. He's almighty. He's Prince of Peace, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Rose of Sharon, and soon coming King. I've been bought with a price that He shed on the cross, the Lamb that was slain. These self-inflicted wounds are probably what frustrate ministers the most. Sometimes these self-inflicted wounds, people need triage the same way they would if they're not necessarily self-inflicted. What I mean by self-inflicted is, if I could explain it as clear as day, I would probably say, well, quit going out and playing in the traffic all day. You won't get your toe run over by the car. Put that into spiritual context in your own life. Many wounds are caused by what I call high-risk spiritual behavior. Mm. Or maybe I should just call it high-risk behavior. There are high-risk behaviors for your physical well-being... Right? Some of those would be smoking too many cigarettes. It's not good for your overall health. One would be drinking tons of alcoholic beverages. The liver can't keep up with what you intake. Not good for you. Those are high-risk behaviors. I taught health for a lot of years, by the way, 13 of them in high school. So I would talk about high-risk behaviors putting yourself at risk. Well, there are some spiritual behaviors that you can also put yourself at risk of inflicting your own wound. Fighting a battle, going into a battlefield, you never had any business going into in the first place. These could be environments that you choose to make yourself a part of that cause you to be put into position now where you've got to make some spiritual decisions as if spiritual decisions in the world we live in when we're trying to live right aren't hard enough. You know, I have them days when I just, you know, somebody didn't put their blinker on, much less going out there, you know what I'm saying, put your blinker on. Yeah. Yeah. I have a hard enough time with that down here at the Casey's intersection. Come on folks, edge over to the left so the other through traffic can get on through and go on by. Now I know y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm praying for the roundabout ASAP. They said it was coming. But you know, I have a hard enough time just coping with stuff like that much less putting myself in a position where I've got to deal with things spiritually now it's a problem well are you talking what sins are you talking about can you give us a list here's your list give your heart to Jesus form a covenant with him a relationship a two-part relationship He already gave. All you've got to do is accept, live your life for Christ, invite him into your heart, and he will begin to illuminate the things in your life that you need to know about your walk with him that allows you to avoid self-inflicted wounds. I can't make you a list. Hallelujah. I can give you religion. But I'd rather just give you Jesus. Because He can do what I can't do. I could give you religion, but I'd rather just give you the Word. That's what it's for. It's a roadmap to life. Spiritual triage is, I'll read it from my notes here, is not Bible-thumping people over the head all day long with your social media posts about your dogmatic religion. Praise God. They're hurting. When they're hurting, they don't need you to say, well, now you know if you... I'm not... We don't need I told you so's. We need God loves you. God can make a way. We need to develop relationships with people so we can dialogue, so they can... Share their story so that when we hear their story, we might be able to share our story. Maybe we have some scars that are in common that I didn't know what would be put to use in my life over the scars that I've had, but just maybe I can come across the path of someone that has experienced the same thing I've already been able to overcome in the name of Jesus. You've got to have some dialogue, some spiritual blood-bought dialogue to allow for that to happen. Amen. Now, I don't mean to preach so hard to somebody, but for goodness sake, the world is lost and undone, and they need Jesus. People are hurting. Just in the last five or six days, we've had a very well-known minister across this country take his own life. A wife, kids, family, church, baptizing, preaching, praying, shouting, walking for Jesus. People have scars that we can't see. They don't need religion. Religion would not have saved them. They need Jesus. They need love. They don't need a pat on the back. A pat on the back will not get you to heaven. They need Jesus. They need care. They have open wounds. They need fixing before they can experience the healing. Now I know we have a couple nurses that work in here, or uh, go here, that work in the nursing field. We even have a student that is, a couple students in here that are going to school to be nurses. Nurses. Now, I'm pretty sure that if I'm working in the ER, and I'm in the triage unit, I'm not going to browbeat somebody before I give them stitches. I got to care for them. I'm in the triage unit. We got a problem. We got a cut. We got bleeding. We got a heart attack. We got something going on. They need need fixed. They don't need all the post-surgical or post-medical therapy and um, um, common practice behaviors to be taught to them when you're trying to save their life. Yeah. Now, you shouldn't have been out there doing all that blah, blah, blah while they sewn them up. Save a life. That's our version of, you know, telling everybody how they're supposed to live. Right. Am I preaching too hard? Okay. Hallelujah. Spiritual wound care. Now that we understand what the process is, and it takes time, we need to also understand that there are things we can do to heal the wounds. Things we have to do. Number one, in my notes, I put, it doesn't begin with, I told you so. That's pastoring 101. Any of y'all want to get involved in ministry, don't start your counseling sessions, what I told you so. <laughs> Number one, we've got to stop the bleed. In a spiritual context, we can stop the bleed with love. Love how Christ loved. Matthew 11:28, here's how he love, it says, "Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest." Spiritual wounds need love. Love doesn't always have to come in the form of advice. That can come later as they go through their treatment plan. I don't have time to preach about that. But the treatment plan we'll talk just a little bit about in a second. I'd like to preach on it longer. We'll see what God does. When my dad had his heart issues about a year ago, God saved his life. They didn't just tell him, hey, good luck with that now, sir. I know the aorta is still jacked up a little bit, but, you know, good luck with all of that. There was some treatment and some follow-up procedures that had to take place in order to fully recover from what had happened. It's the same way in the spiritual context. So the treatment. I studied a little bit about... Wound care. For those of you that are nurses in here, forgive me for everything that I will get wrong or miss out about appropriate wound care, but I just took some stuff that just jumped out to me. So, Mark, don't judge me. Mark's an EMT as well. Don't judge me out there. I don't know how to do them wounds like you know how to do them. You do take care of wounds, don't you, Mark? Okay, I'm double-checking just in case I'm in your area. so Make sure you get that Mark Pelfrey out here now. He'll take care of the pastor. I learned the appropriate treatment reduces the risk of complications or infections. The number one thing that I want to talk to you about spiritual wound care is you must understand where your help comes from. When I need medical help, I go to the doctor. I don't just... Go down to my primary care physician all the time. I might be in dire need. I'm at the ER. My primary care doctor sometimes is just for ongoing health maintenance. I don't even know if that's the right word. Making sure I'm all right. That's like coming to church on Sunday. Keeping everything in line. Getting your worship on. Getting your word on. Getting filled up so you can make it through the week. How many of you know sometimes you can have some, some long weeks? Some of, you, some of you might inflict a wound this week on your own self or somebody else. It could be a long week. You don't even know it. If that is you, you've got to know where your help comes from. Yeah. Now, my wife would do just about anything for me. But some things could happen to me in my, in my life this week where she might not be able to help me but she knows where to go to for me, and that's to the throne room, because she knows where I can get help that she can't provide. Sometimes only God can give you what you need. Psalms 121, verse 1 and 2 says that I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of the heaven and the earth. It's not so much about where his eyes went to or where he's saying our eyes should go to as much as it is about getting your eyes off the things of the world so that you're not being distracted by anything in between you and God, get your god get your eyes off of the things of the world and elevate your eyes to the heavens and get your eyes on the things of god because there's only certain things that god can help you with your hurts your sorrows your pains your disabilities everything else your shortcomings your addictions everybody's addicted to something you need jesus why because the flesh is weak Everybody's addicted to something. You need Jesus. I'd like to go back up in another part of my notes, but I skipped it on purpose. But I'll go ahead and go back to it. Because I just think it's got some good value to it, man. I skipped on down from stop the bleed to treatment, but I'm going to go on back to find out what happened. We're finding out very soon after stopping the bleed or even simultaneously what happened. What happened? What's going on here? I need to know more. Did you take a blunt force blow to the head and I just see a little blood, but there could be some things that are happening internally. I need to know what happened. Right? And I'm just going to read it to you from my notes. This might be those self inflicted wounds, you know, like when you find out people been fishing for the dirty carp on the bottom of the river. What you fishing for? How you living? How's your church doing? What you mean? How many people we got coming on Sundays? Just ask what you really mean. Man, we running one hundred percent to the throne of God. How's yours doing? Don't care how many you got. He's not counting on Sundays. So I said all that to just say, be careful in life what you're fishing for. Heck, you might be fishing for a spouse. You better come up off the bottom of the dirty river hunting for the carp that God ain't got no business putting a person in your life anyway. Right. Self-inflicted wounds. Don't we'll be bringing home no slob that needs a job. <laughs> Hunt for that man of God. Hunt for that woman of God. Get some question answered answer long before you ever start the relationship. Like, who do you pray to? I ain't got time for that. I'm looking for a woman of God. God got the best for me. She right over there. I told her when we first met. Because I was on a roll with God. Anybody ever just been on a roll? Man, you living right, you praying right, you walking right, you talking right. Everything is just going right. It was just me and God, and I didn't want nobody mess it up. And I told her, I said, now look, don't be messing me up. I'm looking for a wife. You're not interested in getting married? We might as well just call this off right now from Jumpstart. I need a wife. I need a godly wife. And she was like, Cool, then. I'm looking for a godly man, and the rest is history. I ain't fishing for no dirty carp on the bottom of the river. Some of that rainbow trout coming out the fresh waters of the Rocky Mountain. Rainbow trout, some of the good stuff. I ain't even never caught one, fished one, or even held one or seen one. Couldn't get it off the hook, but I know that's better than a dirty carp. Now, I don't even know who that was for. And, Brian, if you're looking for sermon snippets this week, you're probably going to have to fast forward through that part. (laughs) I don't want to be known as the preacher preaching about fishing for the dirty carp. (laughs) But I'm just saying, stop inflicting yourself with wounds, man. Fish from the pond that God wants you to fish from. Goodness, love. You need a job, apply for the best job. Because God wants the best for you. Right. right. Hallelujah. Treatment plans. Back to the treatment plans. Understanding where your help comes from. Taking your eyes off of the things of the world and looking up to the mountains where your help comes from. When we look up, we find nothing of man and all things of God. When we look up we find how pure God really is. We're not looking at the convoluted, polluted, sinful nature of some of the things that we have to interact with daily, but we take our eyes off of those things that cause us trouble in the first place, and we just go to God. See, I, all my lines of communication, I just lift them right up, and I got a direct line. I just go right to Him. Just me and God. And looking up allows us to get our eyes off the things of the world and also then therefore be able to hear God a little bit better. Sometimes we got to slow it down a notch so that we can hear God. Not only do we need to know where our help comes from as we try to care for these wounds, but we also must know how to pray. Anybody know how to pray? Any of y'all know how to pray without ceasing? That means all day, every day, when I do things, I consider God. I mean, I feel bad even checking my fantasy football team before I make sermon preps. Now, if I check that fantasy football team first, I still get to go to heaven. But what I'm saying is... I got to be all God all the time and eliminate the distractions. Get my eyes on God and pray to God at all times without ceasing and not let anything interrupt. I hope you made the connection there. For all you Bengals, Bengals fans out there, I've never seen such a tormented fan base in my life. They got beat last week, and I got Joker saying, "Hey, did you see the game? Did you?" They lost. Yeah, but they look good. <laughs> <laughs> the Buckeyes are three and0. Just tune in next week. it's a 3:30 game. You can find it on a uh, Big Ten network or something like that, and you'll see a team that goes 4 and0. If y'all just want to, you know <clears throat> IO. owe. <laughs> Man, they brave in here. I love the volunteers too, though, man. Relax. I love the volunteers, one and two. Uh, we must learn how to pray. <laughs> Psalms 34, 15. So the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and he, his ears are attentive to their cry. God's ears, when I need him, when I've been wounded, when I've got scars, the Bible tells me that his ears are attentive to my cry. That refers to their prayers. We have now, by looking up, creating a line of communication that is clear from distractions, and we know that we have the attention of God and we pray to him, we now have created a clear line of communication with what we talked about last week, the bomb in Gilead. Gilead. The balm, if you remembered, B-A-L-M, is what Joseph's brothers got in return for selling him out to the Egyptians, the Ishmaelites. They wanted it so bad. I read to you my commentaries last week what they say about the balm in Gilead and three different places in the Old Testament it mentions the balm, B-A-L-M, or healing ointment. We talking about scars we talk about treatment we talk about prayer we talk about getting our eyes off the world we're talking about clear lines of communication we know that he hears our cry so now we've got his full-blown attention and he becomes the healing ointment for everything that we need he is the bomb in gilead healing ointment that comes from gilead the mountainous region east of the Jordan River. When Joseph's brothers conspired against him, you can read about that in Genesis 37, they, they sold him to a caravan of Ishmaelites from the region of Gilead carrying a load of gum, balm, and myrrh. Jeremiah 46 mentions the healing balm of Gilead, and Jeremiah 8 also poses the question to the sinning people of Judah, is there any balm in Gilead? His name is Jesus. We don't have to look anymore for something that we have to slaughter at the altar. There's a man named Jesus that was... I hate to use the word slaughtered, but He is the Lamb that was slain. Once and for all, He got me covered. So that when I have scars, I don't have to go slaughter anything at the altar. It says that I go to him and take my eyes off the things of the world, and he's all ears. I've got his attention. He is the balm in Gilead. He is the healing ointment that you need for your scars. And I know you're hurting. Because you live in the world, right? And not everybody in the world got Jesus, right? So I know you're hurting. His balm or His blood that heals can heal the deepest wounds. When people have treated you badly, lied about you, backstabbed you, that's just me. He lifts us up and restores our soul. No distractions, no cluttered traffic. Lift my eyes up and communicate to the one who is the balm in Gilead and can provide the healing ointment that I need for the scars that this world sometimes inflicts upon us. No distractions. I thought about sometimes making my way in and out of my brother's office at work. He has a two-way radio in his office. And that two-way radio, he has a number of different channels that he can go to to have an ear into what's going on in the district for safety reasons. There's one of those channels, and I don't even know which one it is because I don't want no radio and I don't want no keys. I just need a key to my office and let me coach the teachers. I don't need all that other headache in my life. But I do know that one of them channels got mass traffic on it. I don't know if it's coming from from the buses, from the cafes, from the high school, from the EES. It's just traffic everywhere. It's cluttered noise. Can't make anything out of anything. That's not what it's like with Jesus. You can pray to him tomorrow, and I can pray with him and to him at the same time in his omnipotent and omnipresence, all power, all knowing everywhere at once, can be with me with a clear line of communication. He could be with you with a clear line of communication, He doesn't just have to go one place at a time. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. Not only do we need to understand where our help comes from, not only do we need to understand the power of prayer, but we need to learn the Word of God. Now I used to struggle with that early in my walk with God. Because I would do like you do, or have done at least in the past, and I get out that King James, you know, the Holy Bible, the one the only one gets you to heaven, the King James. Which has really only been out for a few centuries anyway, so it was man, it's not the scroll. Paul did not write inside them pages. He had tablets he wrote on. Scrolls. Not poking anything against the King James. I love it. Sometimes I got to go to it to get my old-school roots like hold on It did say that when I was growing up in the church man sister Jones said that it said for God G-A-W-D So I used to struggle because I'm like man who is job? (laughs) That's Job, y'all Man Jonah she was a bad girl. Oh 20 years later. I'm like what? Dang, I've been in Sunday school all these years just to find out Jonah's a dude. <laughs> See, I struggled with it, right? Learn the word. I'm doing my best. That's a true story, man. I did have Job figured out, from the, uh, Job figured out from, the, from the beginning, but I didn't have Jonah figured out. That's for real story. Just heard the story, never read it for myself, had to learn the word. So then, you know, I started picking some translations. I understood. Could be the New Living Translation. Could be the New International Version. Could be the Message Version. Could be the King James Version. Could be uh, uh, some other study Bible that people use that are, that are uh, from respected authors. But you've just got to learn the Word. Open up something you can figure out so you can learn for yourself. Don't just take my Word for it. Just taking my Word for it might not do you any good. But when you figure it out for yourself, well, now you got some power. Because why? The Bible says that there's power in the word.